Hey guys, welcome to episode 5 of F-Stop, Collaborate, and Listen with host Matt Payne. Today's guest is none other than the uber-talented night photographer Mike Taylor. Um, I've known Mike for several years and he is just one of the coolest guys to talk to about night photography. Uh, We had a super awesome conversation. We covered a lot of ground. We talked about uh, composites. We talked about, I think, Mike's probably favorite topic, honesty in photography. We talked about critiques. We talked about becoming a professional photographer. We talked about workshops. We talked about the science of lighthouses and how to photograph them. And we talked about the joy of photography. I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. drinking tonight uh, I am drinking some magic hat number nine one of my favorite brews from Vermont nice yeah I'm drinking Avery brewing the reverend the reverend yeah dude well, that sounds good it's a 10% Belgian quad 10% yikes 10% buddy <laughs> so uh I'm going to shut off my Facebook here so that it doesn't make a bunch of noise. So you're going to hang a 40 by 60 print? Fantastic, dude. Yeah, dude. That's fantastic. 40 by 60. Sweet. Yeah, that was a good sale for sure. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, a local person and it's a local photo. So. Excellent. What is it of, if I may ask? Well... It is actually a composite of... Uh, <gasps> no! I know. It's a composite. <laughs> it's a composite of um, this uh, waterfall um, called Cascade Creek um, right. in the winter with uh, the Milky Way rising above it. Ah, the waterfall's on the left? The water... The, there's a bunch of ice... On the, yeah, like a bunch of ice crystals on the left of the wall, and then Milky Way goes. It was on Reddit front page for a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe I know the one you're speaking of, sir. Yeah, yeah. That is the one. Awesome. Congrats, man. 40 by 60. That's always nice. Yeah, dude, that's. You know, it's, <laughs> it's it's great when people contact you and say, oh, I'd like an 8x10, but when somebody, you know, contacts you and says, oh, I want a 24x36 or, a, you know, 40x60, yeah, baby, that's great. Yeah, actually, I'm uh, delivering a 24x36 as well. Excellent. Yeah. I was, uh, I was very, very excited when uh, a guy contacted me out of the blue, um, I think it was in November, um... And he said, "Oh, I, I really like uh, I really like your night photos, and I would like to get a couple of prints made for my theater room." 
And I said, oh, okay, great. This is a, a guy. That sounds in, uh, promising already. Right. There's a guy in uh, California. And uh, so he ordered a, uh, he wanted them specific sizes because he has other night photography in his, uh, in that theater room. So he said, you know, but I really need them to be these specific sizes. Can you do it? I said, sure. I said, what are you looking for? And one of them was a, it's like a 36 by 40 or something like that, which was pretty nice. But the other one that he really wanted was a, um, th- I think it was 38 by 60. Nice. And was, and, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, no problem. And he said he wanted on, wanted them on metal. And I said, yeah, no problem. And you know, uh, let me, you know, give me, give me a day or so to, to look at the, he told me the images that he wanted. I said, give me a day or two to, you know, look at these files and make sure that they're, that they're, you know, up to par and, and they'll look good at, at that kind of size and all that kind of stuff. And as I was sitting there looking at the images and, and just making sure the crop would work and everything, I realized um, 60 inches is huge. Oh, it's <laughs> so, insane. So I was, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, you know, I, that was a, that was a nice feeling. That's, that's the biggest one I've ever sold so far, 38 by 60. Nice. Well. On metal. Yeah. These are on metal too. Sweet. Yeah, man. Well, congrats for that. So, Mike Taylor, Thanks. it yes. is so fucking awesome to have you on the podcast, man. Well, thank you very fucking much. It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, man. So, we have been, I don't know, friends on Facebook for, I don't know, several years now as fellow yeah. night photography junkies. Absolutely. And I got the pleasure to meet you and your, your new lovely wife back in May. Uh, fiance. Fiance, yes, Sonia. She's also my business partner. She does all the yep. work, and I just kind of sit around and drink beer. It's fantastic. <laughs> nice. Well, that's cool, man. So um, yeah, and it, and it was good to meet you in Durango. We went to the uh, the the uh, brewery there. Had some good brews there. Yeah. Since since we met, um, I moved um, and bought a house a block away from that brewery. Oh well, buy a house. Congrats. Being close to a brewery. Double congrats. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually super dangerous. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like all the money I make on photography goes to beer. <laughs> no, just it don't tell. Like anyway, just don't tell your wife that. Uh, she already knows. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> no, no secrets. <laughs> no secrets at all. <laughs> um, so uh, first of all, what I would say to introduce you is that. Um, you're probably one of the most genuine, uh, honest, um, and just one of the coolest down-to-earth dudes in the night photography scene that I know. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, 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 I do my best. I, I really do. <laughs> and, and I would say, if I may, that is despite your snarky reputation as someone who is critical of people who do super nasty composites and then don't and then lie about those composites correct correct yeah <laughs> yeah and, yeah, and let's, let's and be I, clear you, you don't have a problem with composites you just have a problem with people that create composites and then completely deny that they're composites exactly right exactly <laughs> right yeah no i i do uh i do a lot of composite work and i know that uh, I, i've listened to uh, all the other podcasts that you had here Cool. So far, so yeah, I know that you like to talk about you know composites and and we're gonna jump into social media and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean I've 
I've created, you know, countless composites, um, and I don't I don't have a problem with them at all. You know what I mean? Um, but it's it just drives me nuts when. You know, if I if I see a, a scene that uh, you know, especially a place that I'm familiar with, you know, sure, um, and it's a foreground scene of something that's you know where you can tell the camera was shooting north, and there's a there's a, a you know big beautiful Milky Way core right there in the uh, in the sky, <laughs> right? You know, that's and 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 uh, you know, and if somebody, you know, if 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 you don't want to talk about it, that's okay. But if people ask, you know, I mean, you don't you don't have to spend a whole paragraph explaining how you did it um but if people ask you you know i mean in my opinion i mean there's no shame in it you know why why sure. say you know why why create the the uh, bullshit peter lick story um about his his shot uh, bella luna which is obviously <laughs> a composite because the moon is huge the there's clouds behind it and all that crap and yet if you read the you know, read a description that, that he put out about that, you know, years ago when he put the shot out, he was, I mean, it's bullshit, you know, he's, he's, he says, oh, my, you know, my, I waited for hours and hours for this to line <laughs> up, and, and when it did, you know, my, my finger was trembling as I, as I touched the shutter button, bullshit, dude, that's bullshit, come on. Right, and then there's pixie dust coming out of the camera lens or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that, that guy, I don't even, he probably doesn't even know that his marketing team describes his photos that way. Right. Yeah. Like, it's... But his descriptions are pretty ridiculous. Yes. Yes, indeed. Now, if and it's somehow people still buy his photos. Right. <laughs> because because he's such a great marketer. It's Oh yeah, it, absolutely. You know, and and good for him. More power to him. I you know, I don't no I don't doubt. I don't feel animosity towards the guy. I, I just don't I don't I don't care for bullshit, you know, as as a couple of the other people have have talked about in the in the podcast here with you and and as uh you know as as most of us have you know when we've been chatting it's it's all about just you know why my one of my biggest things to to write in in comments is um hashtag honesty is always better than hashtag bullshit <laughs> uh that is that trending on on instagram <laughs> uh no no but it should it should we, we should try to get that we should try to get that rolling so one of the cool things that you do that um, I don't do just because I'm too lazy, but I think it's really cool that you do it, is that the first thing you do is you, you post your photo and then you post in the comments the raw file or like a picture of the raw so that people can see like the before and after, which is like super awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I started doing that, uh, what, um, must have been a couple of years ago. I've been doing it for a while. Um, I try to do it as as often as possible, especially if the, if the image is, um, you know, really, if it was really inspiring to me or whatever, um, you know, whether it be, a be an exposure blend, you know, where the camera didn't move, um, or whether it be a, a complete, you know, fake composite where I grabbed a sky from Utah and, and put it in with, uh, hay bales in Maine. I've, you know, I've done that. Um, yeah, I remember that shot. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, uh, again, must have been a couple of years ago when, you know, when, when people, when people, when I post something and, and, you know, somebody will comment, oh, I'd, you know, I'd love to see the raw or I'd love to see how you put this together, you know, that kind of thing. I thought about it for a little while and I was like, you know, th that's a great idea. Why not, why not put a, 
you know, um, before and after or a behind the scenes. Well, and, um, and then someone like you who makes probably a lot of their money off of teaching, like what a great way to prove that you can teach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so part of the, yeah, part of the, um, you know, under the, the, the workshops tab on, on, um, my website is, uh, you know, processing instruction and in, inside of that, in that page, I, I have a bunch of, you know, graphics of before and after. And, and again, it's, you know, whether it's a single shot or, or a blended shot of, of different stuff or whether it's like a panorama, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll show like, you know, how I, how I shot the, the raws, how I, how I moved the camera when I was doing it. And then, you know, here's what it looks like when it comes out of Lightroom. Here's what it looks like after I, you know, finish up in uh, Lightroom and, and, you know, put it through Photoshop and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's yeah. just, it, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And, um, and it's cool. It keeps me honest. You know what I mean? It, it just, and, and, totally. pe- and people dig it. So, yeah, I'd say like, that's one of the reasons why I think you and I, get along so well I think we have pretty much the same opinion about that it's like um, I personally have zero problem with people creating composites I mean I think you know that's part of some people's artistic vision and right and there's like why would you want to stifle art artistry like that's silly in my opinion right um, as long as you're honest about it and I think um, what drives me crazy just obviously drives you crazy too but it's when you call people out, not even call them out, just say, Hey, is this a, is this a composite or right. how did you do that? And they're like, Nope, single exposure. Right. And it's like, come on, man. Like, like we know it's not like, right. Just be honest about right. it. Right. And the, uh, and the, and the worst thing is, is when they say, okay. And, and, um, and they'll delete your comment. Right. Well, and I, I talked to the podcast hasn't been released yet because I just did it last night, but I talked to Joshua Snow last night about right. this. And um, I think part of it is that as artists, we all to some degree don't like being criticized, even though criticism is how we grow as an artist. And then, but the I think the, the key for me is like, people need to ask, like, is it cool if I give you some pointers or or is it cool if i ask how this is done and if they just say no i don't want to tell you that's cool but when it's people just flat out lie that's a whole different ball of wax right right yeah yeah um and, <laughs> lying is lying. You know, and, and i and i don't i don't mind constructive criticism i think um you know since i since i started social media um uh you know facebook instagram all that everything Flickr, everything i i think i've maybe deleted in four years time I've maybe deleted uh, five years time I've maybe deleted you know maybe four comments total in in yeah. all that time and it was just because somebody was you know extremely rude or, or whatever the case may be but yeah I mean when when you know when people comment um, you know I, I, I put out a, a short uh, one minute um, uh, time-lapse video uh, earlier this this week um, of just night sky stuff in Maine that I've been, you know, working on for past couple of years. It, it's just, um, and I, and I put it together with a song that, uh, that I really like by, uh, Kevin McLeod, who puts all of his music, um, into, um, creative commons so that you can use it. All oh, you yeah, have to, sure. all, all you have to do is say, you know, all you have to do is, is, you know, list him in, in credits. Um, and, 
you know, I had a lot of people say, oh, this is really great, and the music really makes it. And then, and then I had a, you know, a couple of people commented, this is really cool, but I really don't like the music. Um, and, you know, and I replied to, to that comment with, hey, that's cool. You know, it's, it's not for everybody. And, you know, hopefully you can enjoy the, enjoy the time lapse with your speakers turned down or, or whatever. And, you know, thanks for commenting because I, you know, I, I don't mind uh, dissenting opinions, you know. It's, right. That's, again, as you just said, that's how we grow. You know what I mean? There's, there's no reason to be, you know, there's, there's no reason to be uh, uh, mean or mad or, or, you know, upset about, you know, somebody telling you what they think of your work. I mean, totally. It's what it's Unless about. it's just completely just someone being a complete asshole. <laughs> right. Which I've had happen to me before. You know, it's just right. You know, and we all have. <laughs> we all have. Yep. Every everybody's tough when they're behind a keyboard. You know what I mean? Everybody's tough oh, yeah. on the internet. <laughs> and they know everything too. <laughs> Um, so switching gears a little bit, uh, one of the other things that I've noticed that you do, which I don't know why it catches my attention, I just does for some reason, is most of the time your photos have like really cool names. <laughs> I know that's kind of dumb, but like I really like it. So uh, I actually went on to your site and like wrote down some of the names that you use. So yeah, and then I noticed that some of the names that you use you use again, like in like like it's a series. So, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Some somniloquy, so I think that means like uh talking in your sleep. Correct. Yep. Somniloquy is just another word for talking in your sleep. Which is cool for a night photo series. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and oh, so yeah, uh, yeah, just quickly, somniloquy started as just the um one of the one of the first composites that, that I put together that became really popular. Okay. Um I just I just happened to call it somniloquy and it was a um, a daytime shot of uh, of a field uh, with a dirt road in Maine, and it was actually the Milky Way from Utah that I had shot. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, as I was processing it, putting it together, and, and stuff, I, I was like, "This is cool," and and I should figure out something cool to call it. So I just started looking up um, things about basically, um, you know, problems with sleep because you know i'm i'm i you know i i kind of live life as a vampire as a as a night photography guy um but uh but yeah so i did that and then i started putting together other stuff um that were daytime foreground shots with uh nighttime shots of the sky whether it be the northern lights or the milky way or or star trails or whatever um and so it just kind of became um became a series so um, so yeah, I'm up to somniloquy eight, I think. When I get to ten, I'm going to stop. Okay. I, I, I will not have any more. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, thanks. That that just kind of that was cool because it was organic. You know what I mean? I I didn't plan for it, and I and I didn't really. It just kind of happened, and I'm you know, and I thought it was neat. So you know, if yeah, if, if other people dig it, great. I don't know how how often I I'm like. You know, I'm getting ready to publish something to social media. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to... So I'm in Lightroom, and I'm, like, looking at the title, and I'm like, what am I going to call this photo? And I sit there, and I'm like, can't come up with anything clever, and, like, right. most of my titles and my photos suck. <laughs> 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 or it's, like, super literal, like, Milky Way over this object, and you must like it now. Right. No, and, and, I've, and I've done that, too. You know, um, uh, Milky Way over Marshall Point Lighthouse, you know I mean? Right, right. So when... You know, it's not. It's it's really like if 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 an image strikes me that that I should 
actually name it, you know, actually call it something, then I'll then I'll try to um, you know, obviously figure out something that fits with it, but if, you know, if if the if the muse doesn't strike for a name, you know, it it just gets Milky Way in Acadia National Park or whatever. <laughs> or, or it becomes Somniloquy 10. Well, right, yeah. Yeah, and so, sometimes it does, yeah. That's cool, man. Um, so yeah. uh, when we hung out uh, at the brewery last time we met, um, one of the things we talked about in person was your journey um, into full, full-time photography mode. Yeah. If I, if I remember correctly, <clears throat> you said you, you actually do a lot of, like, really totally unrelated to night photography stuff, like photo photographing stuff for the museum, I think, is one of the things you said you do. Yep. Yep. Um, so uh, I was kind of hoping you could talk a little bit about kind of your journey into full-time photography as a professional and because I think everyone goes down a slightly different path. Right, right, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I had uh, I had a camera before I had a driver's license. My dad gave me <laughs> his um, his old Canon AE one, right? So I was when I was in high school and and college, I took photography courses, and I was. Um, you know, shooting on film, developing in the darkroom, um, you know, that, that shows how old I am because, um, you know, some, 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 some of the guys who, who are really, really good photographers these days, you know, picked it up in the past couple of years and they've, yeah. n- they don't, they've never developed film, you know what I mean? They, um, you know, they, they jumped into it when, when digital got big, um, which is cool. No, I'm just, I'm just, you know, accessible, you know? Yeah, I'm 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 just an old man, you know what I mean. So I I <laughs> I, I started doing that in uh, in uh, high school and college, and then um, I kind of kind of dropped out of um, photography for a few years. Um, I, w- I was born and raised in Maryland, and about 11 years ago, I um, decided that I needed to I needed a change, so I ended up moving to Maine. I came here because. Um, some good friends of mine have a, um, a really cool family house on the coast of Maine at, in, uh, Pemaquid Harbor, okay. and that, which is pretty close to Pemaquid Lighthouse. Um, and I had been coming up here for vacation for, you know, years with them. They also lived in Maryland, um, and kind of within six months, eight months, um, I moved up here and they moved up here. Um, so... So now we, you know, we, we still hang out here and everything and, and we get to go to their, to their family house for vacations and stuff, but, um, uh, back on target photography. Um, so when I moved here to Maine, I started looking for a job and I ended up getting a job as, um, the in-house photographer for an auction company. Um, so, um, and I would photograph basically everything that came through the auction house and, uh, they, they sell everything. I mean, everything from jewelry to lamps, to paintings, to firearms, to, um, furniture, everything. So basically, um, I, I was, uh, I worked there for about six and a half years and in that time I got a... Um, really, really good grasp um, of studio lighting and how to light everything. Oh, sure. How to light everything from, you know, everything that I just described, you know, because lighting a, you know, a pair of earrings is going to be a lot different from how to light um, a shotgun or how to light a, you know, bedroom set, stuff like that. So 
that was uh, that that was a really cool experience. Um, and then after working there for about six and a half years, um, I decided that it was time for for me to do my own thing. So um, I ended up, um, you know, s- starting uh, my photography company and and started. Um, teaching workshops and and all that kind of stuff um but uh yeah the sorry the state of maine the uh, maine state museum um i'm good friends with one of the curators there and she contacted me uh, a couple years back Uh, we used to work together um, at the auction house here and there she would come in with some items to to photograph for the museum and um so since then um they i'm kind of their kind of their, uh, you know, go-to photographer when they have um, a new exhibit or if they have, you know, other stuff that they want to photograph. Uh, last year, um, Sonny and I did a really cool project with them. They're coming out with a book, um, I think, later this year of um, 100 of their, um, you know, coolest exhibits. Um, wow. So we had a real big project last year where uh, we went in and we were photographing, um, you know, uh, items for the exhibits and that you know like entire exhibits themselves you know if it was something that was too big to try to put under under lights and all that kind of stuff so yeah so you know i i, I get little gigs here and there um you know wor- working for them um you know architectural gigs you know shooting uh shooting hotels or shooting um you know somebody's house under the under the night sky that that kind of thing so yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting. It keeps me uh keeps me uh you know working on working on different stuff. The only thing that I don't photograph is people. Um, it's hard, and, man. And, and I've had I've had <clears throat> so many people contact me and say, "Oh, I love your stuff. Will you shoot my wedding?" And or I love your stuff. You know, will you will you shoot my um, daughter's softball team portraits and. <laughs> You know, I, I want to say to them, you know, how many people have you ever seen in a photograph of mine, number one? <laughs> you know, unless it's like a behind the scenes of, of you know, shooting the night sky. Um, but, you know, of course, I I politely get back to these folks and I say, well, I, I do not, you know, photograph social events or, or people really, but... You know where are you located? I can I can reach out to my photography peers and you know find out if if uh, one of them you know can can shoot your event whatever the case may be. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's been an interesting journey. It it uh, it's uh, it it keeps me uh, keeps me going. Yeah, it, um, one of the <laughs> one of the things that. I caught myself thinking when you were talking about taking pictures of auction items was, yeah. Oh my God, that sounds awful. <laughs> um, but then, but then I'm, then, then you started talking about like using studio lights. And, right. And then it's like, that, that gives it a whole other dimension. Cause then you're like really learning how light affects an image. And then. Absolutely. And it's all about the light. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> what you said about photographing people, I can so resonate with that because I did, I've done, I've actually, I had the same thing happen to me. I, people started reaching out to me like, oh, do you do portraits or weddings? And and I was like, fuck it, why not? <laughs> and then I right. shot my first wedding with a D7000 and a kit lens. 
and I was like, oh my god, I'm so underqualified to do this. Right. <laughs> like, my kit lens can't shoot indoors at all. Like, it was a very humbling experience to put oh, it. Oh, I bet. Like, oh yeah, I bet. And of, and of course, that's that's one of the things. Just just because I seriously, I I I have a good grasp of I think photographing almost almost everything in in most situations except people i just and 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 really what i think i should probably do just to grow as an artist and to grow as a person is i should um go on a workshop to learn how to shoot portraits you know what i mean how to how to make how to make people you know smile and look natural and photograph them and and make them make them look good because i i'm just not not very good trying to trying to shoot people as it were <laughs> um i think you know how i feel about workshops for myself personally i do which uh i just don't i don't see the appeal in it but right. maybe someday right. but i will say i have taken a studio lighting workshop right uh, that was the only workshop i've ever taken um we had models and uh it was actually really cool, man. I learned how to use uh, studio lighting equipment and right. Um, and actually, from that, like, I started doing a bunch of senior portraits and stuff like that. And because of that, I was able to pay for all of my photography equipment. There you go. That was pretty much the only reason why. And actually, I don't know. It's I think it's kind of fun uh, if you have the right pe- if you're shooting the right people. Like, it can be pretty fun. Right. But man. If you want to blow your brains out, shoot a couple weddings. It is right, really hard. Right, right. Yeah, no. And I just and and it's not that I don't like people because I do. You know what I mean? It's just oh, no, that I, totally. I don't I don't like the idea of photographing people, and I and I don't like the idea of you know bridezilla or monster in law telling me that uh, you know I'm I'm doing a terrible job, and you know, <laughs> and, and 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 really nobody naughty. and nobody really likes photographs of themselves you know in, in a general sense generally so yeah. i i i would hate the idea of you know f- photographing a woman on the most important day of her life right her wedding and then having her say oh i don't like any of these shots so right <laughs> um, no and that can happen <laughs> uh, mother nature um is a much better subject to me um because mother nature doesn't uh, doesn't tell you that you're doing a shitty job <laughs> right she just denies you of clouds or presents too many clouds right correct right right <laughs> the bane of our existence as night photographers sometimes um, yep <laughs> so um so it sounds like you right now like you're focused a lot on doing workshops is that right yep yep what's your um what is your favorite workshop destination um, well, Acadia National Park here in Maine is awesome. Um, but of course, um, I, I really like the Moab area. Um, yeah. and I'm sure you, you probably talked with uh, Joshua about that, uh, last we night. We did, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he, um, from New York, he moved out to Moab because he loved the area so much. And I say more power to him, man. Right. Um, I, I, I just... I love the the desert landscape. The desert landscape is so much different from the East Coast. You know the 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 East Coast here is is fantastic with pine trees and and you know the rugged coastline and and pink sure. granite cliffs and all that kind of stuff. But going out to the desert is 
literally like another world you know what i mean and that's you know and and a lot of guys you know they'll 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 uh take photographs in you know in anywhere out west and you know call it like life on mars or you know the night i visited <laughs> mars stuff like that because that's what it looks like i mean it looks like an, it looks like an alien landscape and the and the the colors are so much different you know here the colors are you know green trees and blue water and um, you know that kind of stuff. Whereas out west, the the color palette is is just so much different. It's it's all yellows and oranges and reds and you know huge rocks. You know versus uh, versus what we have here. Um, so it's I I love I love going out west. I love it. Yeah, I I've been really um, digging shooting in the desert myself. I. I never really had an opportunity to do it much until I moved here, and um, the first my first experience was shooting down at Bistai, um, Bistai Badlands. Yeah, New Mexico, which, awesome. Yeah, New Mexico. It's like it's not a super well known spot, but it's really right. neat. Like crazy hoodoos and stuff. Yeah, just crazy yeah. wild, nutty looking rock formations and stuff. And then this uh, last I don't know, like a month ago, I did. Uh, like 10 days in the Grand Canyon. Um, I rafted. Sweet. Uh, the, yeah, I rafted the upper section. And God, man, I could have photographed for like every day for hours and hours and hours and hours. Unfortunately, we had right. to row boats and cook and set up set up our shitter and stuff right. like that. But man, it is like there's, there's something about, for me anyway, the, the desert landscape offers like unlimited compositions for some reason like there's just i don't know why that is but it's just it's because because it's epic i i I don't epic is one of those words that it's like awesome i think it's totally overused in our culture especially in like social media you know what i mean oh that's epic oh that's awesome um if something's awesome that means it's supposed to inspire awe in you right i mean um if something's (laughs) epic that means it's like a once in a lifetime type type thing you you can't you can't call everything epic because if you do then epic means nothing um but yeah i totally agree that's it's because that stuff is epic i mean it it really is every time you turn around there's there's another scene that's that makes your jaw drop literally yeah i was i was blown away by some of the stuff i got to see there's this um there's this spot uh in the canyon um it's called Redwall canyon i think it's called red wall yeah yeah um and it's like you can put a football field underneath the overhang of the cliff on the river's um shore wow like it was insane yeah i bet i just never seen anything like that like unreal (laughs) yeah 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 Uh, absolutely i almost didn't take pictures of it because i was just so like just wanted to like stare at it it was just right right and that's and 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 isn't isn't that awesome (laughs) haha awesome isn't (laughs) isn't it awesome isn't it literally awe-inspiring when you feel that way when you're standing in your and you're looking at a scene and your camera's right there and you think to yourself i don't even give a shit about trying to capture this i just want to actually look at it you know absolutely I i just want to experience it yeah that's Wow, that's a good segue into yeah. a topic that I think a lot about when I'm hiking with my camera. Um, and that is, 
what I find for myself sometimes is that, you know, as obsessed landscape photographers, we tend to, you know, we're focused on the right conditions, the right light, the right location. And what I find sometimes is that that can sometimes get in the way of just experiencing the moment that you're in. Right. Yeah, so exactly. Do you, do, you, do you experience that? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's kind of like, um, l- let me see if I can go off on this tangent and then come right back around again. It's kind of like being a musician, right? Um, I've, I've, I've played bass and drums for years. I've always been a rhythm guy. Um, <laughs> nice. And, um, it's, it's kind of like, um, so, so now when I hear music these days, um, I don't know if I'm experiencing it uh, to its full extent because I'm thinking about the technical way that the music was created, if that makes sense. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so same kind of thing with, with photography in that when you're all wrapped up in all the technical stuff, you're not just you're not just experiencing the moment as, as what it is because you're all wrapped up in trying to capture it. Um, but you know, that's, that's, you know, we all have our bag of rocks to carry and as, and as landscape photographers, (laughs) you know, that's, that's one of the bag of rocks that we have to carry is that, you know, we can, we can stand and, and look at a scene and, and be in awe. Um, but Hey, if you got your camera there, you know, take a deep breath you know, trust, trust your, trust your instincts, trust your training, you know, as a photographer to, to capture, to capture the moment, you know, using the right camera settings, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, you know, try to, try to at least dig the moment. Um, you know, cause yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to take my comment back a little because I was, as you were talking, I was thinking about a moment that I had, on my trip in the Grand Canyon when there was, I just, this sunset was starting to pop out and like I had kind of pre-planned this, this spot up the hill from our campsite where I thought it would make a good composition. Right. And so I was like up there waiting for the light, you know, had all my gear ready to go. And and then when the clouds started turning pink, I was just like running around like a crazy person, like, like just my soul (laughs) filled with joy, but also filled with anxiety. It's like a different experience. It's not a, bad experience it's just like sometimes photography can augment or enhance an experience um whereas where if you didn't have the camera you're like oh this is just a really beautiful sunset or whatever right that moment i remember i was so like so fucking excited about this sunset and like where i was at like i'd never been in the fucking bottom of the grand canyon before at sunset right and I'm like running up this hillside in these rubber boots that I had on because I didn't want to get bit by scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> safety, and safety first. It's first, and I'm running around, running up this hill with my tripod over my shoulder and my camera, and I have, I was shooting with my, um, with my A7R2, and I had my, I have this external battery pack that because I had my battery right. was low, so I like right. didn't want to change batteries and miss the shot. And so I'm running up the hill, and I set up this shot. I get the shot, and then I'm, like, packing my camera gear up on my shoulder, and I look down at my camera, and my, my external battery is gone. 
Oh, <laughs> I had like somehow lost it between right, on the on like, the scramble. Yeah, on the like rush to get the sunset, and I, I eventually found it. But it was like, it was so funny. I was like a little kid, like running up the hill, like to watch Santa Claus come land on the Grand Canyon or something. It was so stupid. Right, right. And um, and hey, you know that's that's cool, man. You know when when you get giddy about trying to trying to grab the you know the a couple of great compositions that kind of thing um i've certainly been in that in that situation myself um these days i i try to um i try to remember those times that i kind of you know ran around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to grab as many compositions as possible these days i try to just just kind of chill and enjoy it um obviously because i because i shoot a lot of time lapse these days um, sure. you know you, like, you can't, well, I can't move my camera right exactly exactly right so you know and and but a lot of times you know I'll I'll um you know of course I have two camera bodies um so I can I can set up one to shoot time lapse and then I can go to another you know position and and shoot off some some singles or you know panos or, or whatever the case may be but I mean even if I have both cameras shooting if I you know if I see something 10 feet away that looks really cool I'll you know I'll run over there with my you know with my phone um, because these days you know f- phones take awesome pictures <laughs> not bad not <laughs> and, bad you know and, and snap at that it's and that's it's just crazy man uh, technology is nuts cameras are getting smaller you know what I mean and, yeah. and I mean iPhones take take images that are you know take photos that are that are beautiful you know what I mean yeah it's it's crazy it is crazy. Um, that, that, oh yeah, was, go ahead. I was going to say that that segues me into a, a quick thing that I wanted to say about gear because people ask me about gear pretty often um, right. at, work, at workshops and stuff. Yeah, um, and you tell them you tell them that you 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 shoot with an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I, I, I tell people, um, you know, the the same thing that obviously you know most people that that teach. Um, most people who teach workshops say this, um, and a lot of other people say this, but it's absolutely true. You should invest, if you have money to spend um, on photography, you should invest in experiences and not gear, unless you're at the point where you need new gear. You know, when, 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 Somebody comes to one of my workshops and they're like, oh, well, you know, I have a crop sensor camera and, you know, I have this lens. It's pretty good, but it's not great. I'm not, you know, I, I, I really think that I should go out and buy a, um, you know, D810 and the 14 to 24 and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, if you have the means to do so, sure. But if you're, if you're still not sure about you know how a camera works if if you're still not at the point where you really think that you've taken your gear to the to the furthest point you know what i mean yeah. um i i say invest in experiences um it's it's all about being in different places it's all about travel you know what i mean um it's it's all about capturing um you know the capturing the moment in as many places as possible um so you know if if you have let's say you have five grand um and you have the choice between you know going out west or coming here to maine or you know going to um um you know like uh, the, the coast of washington or oregon or something like that um 
you know, if, if your choice is between that and, and buying new camera gear, if your camera gear is still working fine for you, I say go for the experience. I say I say go for the, you know, go go for the go for the road trip. Yeah, I I mean I think that's really great advice. Um, I I I would say it with a little. I would add a caveat to that because I, I I've had a different experience myself, and that was um. I find that when I get new gear, it forces me to get more excited about photography. Yeah, true that. Sure. And then it forces me to get out more. Right. And this is my own personal like experience, I guess. But then, um, and then I'm like, oh shit, how am I gonna pay for that lens I just bought? I better hustle and get some print sales or whatever. Yeah, and that's <laughs> so, true. Yeah. I guess it depends, but um, I think that's pretty solid, like core advice in terms of like if you're wondering about purchasing new gear, like get if your camera is doing pretty good, like yeah, definitely get some like do some traveling buy experiences don't buy stuff um yeah you know unless you have the means to do so you know if if you're lucky enough sure. to to be able to afford a, uh, you know experiences and gear well hell you know you're, oh, you're good for you yeah right you know <laughs> um and and along with that um i'm looking at my notes here and i would say ensure your gear any anybody, even if you're not a pro, you know what I mean. Any anybody who who has five grand worth of photography equipment, um, get it insured. It's not that expensive, and and when you drop it off of a cliff, you're gonna feel a lot better later. <laughs> yeah, I've insured all my stuff ever since I went full frame. Absolutely, absolutely. I, it's not that expensive. I think it costs. It's not. Like it's not. Ten ten dollars a month, or I don't even think it's that much. Right. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Uh, you know the the insurance that I have because I have to have liability insurance, of course, for workshops. Sure. Um, I have a I have an insurance policy, a you know a, a work um, policy that insures every piece of my gear um, because, of course, I give them the you know the serial numbers and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Every piece of my gear, my laptop, my desktop because they're both used for for work. Um, and a you know million dollar liability policy, right? Because um, that's what you have to have to shoot national parks. Exactly, and and all of that costs me five hundred bucks a year. I mean, it's that's not that's, bad. that's a no brainer, man. That's a no, no brainer. So if I can do all of that for five hundred bucks a year, anybody who just has gear should be able to do it. Like you're saying, for ten bucks a month, maybe not even that. And it's you know it'll it. It'll it'll make you feel a lot better when you you know when your when your camera drops into the ocean or whatever you know you'll you'll feel a lot better about it. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, hearing a story about a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook in Oregon. Um, his name's TJ, TJ Thorne. TJ Thorne, yep. <laughs> I guess this is before I knew him, I guess, but I guess he was out on um, Pacific City, like out on Cape Kowanda, and like took took quite the tumble down a hillside like into the ocean right and, like, oh that lost, sucks like lost his camera and his lenses and i think he started like a kickstarter or something like that to have people help him pay for the replacement of it and i was right, like right right man that is a bummer yeah that's a super bummer yeah so mike tell me about uh some of your upcoming workshops if you want yeah, um, we've done uh, a couple so far. 
this year. We did a couple in March. Um, we did one at a um, a beach spot that has some really old pilings. Um, really cool spot, and we did a workshop at uh, Cape Netic Lighthouse, which is Nubble. Um, most people oh, know okay. it. Most people know it by the name Nubble. Um, we're doing a couple more of those coming up in April. Um, we're going back to Sandy Point, um, where the pilings are, and uh-huh. we're going back to Nubble. We're going to Pemaquid Point Light, um, and then. We're going to travel out west again. We've been doing this for uh, three years now. Uh, four four years now. Three years now. Yeah. Um, going out to Moab. Um, so we're going to be doing um, a couple workshops in the Moab area. Then we're going to run down to Mexican Hat, which is close to the close to Monument Valley. And we're going, oh, to, uh-huh. be, we're going to be doing a workshop at uh, Valley of the Gods. And then... Um, when we come back, we have um, two workshops in Acadia National Park, one in June, one in July. And we have workshops at Marshall Point Light um, and Pemaquid Point Light. And we're going to be going up to Moosehead in September. Um, so, yeah. We people, gotta... people can find out about those uh, on your website? Absolutely. MikeTaylorPhoto.com. It's all there. Sweet. Hey, I I had a question for you about um, lighthouses. So I think yeah. one of the one of the first shots I saw saw of yours that I was like, oh my god, that is so freaking awesome. What I don't remember which lighthouse. Maybe it was the um, Nubble. I can't remember. But you know, it was a, of course it was a Milky Way over the lighthouse kind of a deal. And but what was freaking awesome about it was um, the like, wagon you know wheel. How, yeah, the wagon wheel exactly. So, yeah. is so is that just a natural effect? Even I mean, can you get that at f two eight? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So the yeah. So the the what I like to call the wagon wheel effect is actually um, some lighthouses have it, some lighthouses don't, um, and it's due to the design of the tower cap on top of the uh, lighthouse tower. Uh, it's due to the uh, what's called the astragals, and that's basically the the design of the um, pieces of glass and the pieces of metal that hold those pieces of glass together. Fucking the... A, dude. You know everything about lighthouses. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but, yes, some of them, uh, some lighthouses have a fantastic... Um, wagon wheel effect, um, and Marshall Point is is one of them. Uh, okay. Mar- Marshall Point is a constant light instead of oh, um, okay. a, a light that blinks or a light that revolves. Right. Um, so it's really, really, um, really cool to get the exact right spot um, and and shoot at Marshall Point. The one of the big things about one of the secrets about shooting lighthouses, especially lighthouses that aren't very tall, um, is that you don't want to shoot directly into the actual light bulb that's in the in the top of the lighthouse tower. Oh, sure. You, so you want to make sure that the light's obscured by like part of the wall or something. Right, exactly. Or get close enough to the tower that you're actually capturing the light as it bounces around on the inside of the cap. Okay. Um, that way uh, and it's really really easy to tell when you when you, you know, when you're 
standing in front of a lighthouse, you can see if you can if you can see the light bulb and it's super super bright, it's obviously going to blow out. You know the yeah right. The, especially you know shoot at night. I mean during the day, totally different story. But shooting at night, um, you know you're you're when you're trying to get the Milky Way and the lighthouse, the wagon wheel effect, everything in one shot. Um, it's just a matter of you know basically where you stand. Um, so Marshall Point has a really cool wagon wheel effect. I, I definitely recommend that people go see that because it's really cool. Yeah. Um, West Quaddy Head Lighthouse, which is the furthest, um, the easternmost um, point in in Maine. Um, uh, that is a really cool lighthouse. Um, it looks like a um, it looks like a candy cane because it has. Um, red and white stripes painted. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Um, that that one also has a really cool wagon wheel effect. That one blinks, um, so it's so it's a different effect from Marshall uh-huh. Point. So uh, how do you how do you know which ones? Unless you just by trial and error. But how, I know you kind of describe the science behind it. But like, is there any way to know which ones have that effect and which ones don't? Um, not really. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Um, you just kind of got to shoot it and see if it works? Yeah, I mean, and, and some of them are, are pretty obvious that, that they don't have them. Um, okay. Like like Pemmiquid Point is a very, very cool lighthouse. Um, and it, it does have a wagon wheel effect, um, but you can only really see it and really capture it if it's very foggy there, right? Versus something like Marshall Point, if you go to Marshall Point when there's no moon at all, I mean, it's it's visible to the naked eye. As soon as you walk down there and you're standing there, you know, let your eyes adjust, obviously, for a couple minutes, and it's yeah, it's really, really, really cool. Um, I can hear my introduction to the episode right now. <laughs> oh, yes, welcome to F-Stop Collaboration. Listen, we're talking today about uh, lighthouses. Right, right. <laughs> You have to be you have to be technical and say astragals. Oh yes, yes. Well, we're running on astragals today with with venerable photographer Mark Taylor. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, Absolutely. That, that's awesome. Like I, I had no idea that there was uh so much tech I, I just for some reason I always thought that it was kind of like, you know, if like you took a photograph of a you know like uh, like a flashlight or a, a light, you know, at a F8 or F14 or 16, and you get that diffraction, diffraction spike. Right. For some reason, I always thought it was kind of like that. Right. And that's why I was like, how is that possible at F28? So right. that, it's all about the lighthouse optics then. Right. A- absolutely. Yep. Nice, nicely worded. Optics. Exactly right. Um, and and I didn't, you know, I didn't know that until, you know, until the first time I, I went down to Marshall Point at night to, to go shoot. Um, and um, yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's it's really neat to see. I mean, even if you don't take a camera down there, it's super cool just to sit there, listen to the, you know, listen to the waves coming in and oh, yeah. and just and just watch, you know, just observe. That's one of the things I miss about living in Oregon is... Right? Uh, coastline. Once, yeah. I, this one time I drove out to the coast, um, just kind of on a whim even. Um, I drove out to like, um, where was that? Hug Point State Park. Yeah. Which is kind of by, um, uh, what was that? Cannon Beach or whatever. And uh, and I was it was like pitch black, no moon at all. It was like one in the morning or something like that and it was like so freaking surreal like i could not see anything 
all you could do was hear the water like crashing in. Right. It, it is like that's a cool experience. Just standing right. on the beach in the middle of the night with no light whatsoever. Right. Oh, it's it's super humbling. Like it's right, and it's and it's existential. I mean, it it's, really is existential. You're right. And 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 that's uh, I mean honestly that's that's what really got me into into shooting at night. You know, is just. So few people do it, you know what I mean? So so few people um, go out and observe the night sky. And and I understand why. It's because most people have day jobs, you know what I mean? <laughs> most people are sleeping. Most people need to be sleeping. Um, but it's, 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 it's very awe-inspiring. Um, it's, um, you know, it, it, it really makes you think. Um, it, it makes you, uh, it makes you realize that, you know, we're we're just a a, a a tiny speck on a rock that's, you know, shooting through the cosmos. You know, I mean, the word I like to use is infinitesimal. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, good one. Infinitesimal. Yeah. I uh I I studied philosophy in college, so I I was really big into existentialism. You know, at yeah. at the time, the you know the plight of the individual and and what, you know, what makes sense to uh, to to your brain. You know that kind of thing, and it's it's really come full circle since I've since I've been doing nighttime stuff because every time I go out, I I, I say this all the time, and it sounds like cliche, but. Every time I go out, I see something different. I hear something different because it's just a completely different world. It's a completely different world at night than it is during the day. Yeah, one of my favorite books in college, I studied psychology, and one of my favorite books in college was about existentialism. Right. Um, and it was written by a guy named Viktor Frankl. Yeah. And it's called Man's Search for Meaning. Right, yep. And it's like he was a... Um, he was in the concentration camps in Nazi Germany as a Jew. And um, it talks, it's, it's, it's freaking amazing. Like he talks about how he found meaning as a prisoner in a Nazi concentration camp. Like how, yeah. how insane is that? Right. Yeah. I, it is a powerful read. If you don't, if you ever get a chance to read it, it's like, it's like 90 pages or something. It's, Oh it's wow, so it's short. Wow. Right or on. I guess it's 200 pages, but it's it's not very big. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a quick read for sure. Yeah, right. Um, so so Mike Taylor, uh, I have two more questions for you. My first question, which I think you'll probably have since you've listened to a few episodes now, um, is um, the name of the podcast. I have stopped collaborate and listen. Yep. How how would you personify that as advice for other landscape photographers? Um, well, uh, first of all, I know that your wife named it, so cheers to her. Yes, she did. <laughs> and she would love to hear that. Um, she thought she was so fucking funny and she is. Right, right. No, that's <laughs> very cool. Um, no, it's, um, you know, obviously collaborate, you know, that's, that's important. Um, I, I, I love networking. I love, um, you know, shooting with, with that's other what people. That's we're doing now. Exactly. Um, you know, col- collaboration is, is, you know, a, a huge part of, of photography. It's, it's not, you know, photography is not the kind of thing where you can, you can, um, do it and then keep it to yourself. You know what I mean? Photography is the kind of thing that you do and then, um, try to, try to show other people, you know, why it's so cool and, and how you can, 
you know, do different effects with processing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then obviously when it comes to listening, you know, my mom always told me you were born with two ears and one mouth. <laughs> and that's, you know, that pretty much says it all right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> exactly. So you should do at least twice as much listening as talking. That's what they say, yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> okay, Mike, I have one more question. Who would you, like, if you were on iTunes and you right. had your F-Stop collaborate and listen up and it's like, new episode downloaded with so-and-so. Right. And you were like, holy shit, yeah, I can't wait to listen to that episode. Who would you want on the podcast? Right. Um, and I've thought about that quite a bit and I know that... Um, you know, some of the some of the other folks who have been on here have said, uh, um, you know, Sean Bagshaw and Ted Gore and Michael Shane Blum and Ryan Dyer and David Kingham and all those kind of guys. I would add to that list. I got a few if you got a minute. I've got. I, yeah, I would add to that list. Um, I'd love to hear from Royce Bear. Very, very yep. cool guy. Um, does a lot of a lot of great nighttime stuff. Has developed his own um, style of using um, low level yeah. lighting. You know, yeah, which low is level lighting. Part, I was actually going to ask you if you ever the, that at all. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. Um, and and he was very inspirational to me. You know, years ago when I when I first started. Um, you know the the way he the way he lights up landscapes. Um, and and Wayne Pinkston, who who yep. le- who learned from Royce Bear how to light up landscapes. Um, yeah, I, I do a lot of that myself. I, I do very very little, um, you know, light painting with flashlights and stuff these days. Um, I really like, um, you know, doing a really long exposure for a foreground where it, where it would um, otherwise be a silhouette. Um, I I really like to do that kind of stuff, but when it comes to lighting, yeah, it's that's the way to do it. Low level lighting is is the way to just make really really nice, um, you know, blends between between your your foreground interest and your sky. Um, I remember any- when I first got into night photography, and I I discovered Royce Bear yeah. on Flickr actually. Right, exactly. And, and he was like, I kid you not, like. Unless he was messing with people, but I think it's true. He was taking like giant, like huge spotlights, like and like take them, taking them like a mile away from his subject, right? Yeah. And then setting them up, and then lighting his subject like whatever, like delicate arch or whatever, or the Watchmen in Zion, right? And then he would sh- he would turn his light on, and then he'd go shoot it, like that's dedication right there <laughs> right right absolutely absolutely yeah and and he's got it down to a science you know he he's got uh, assistants that he works with where you know and they have walkie talkies and stuff and, and he'll be like okay ready hit the light you know and, and they'll hit it and huh. everybody takes a shot yeah he's he's got it down to a science that that guy is is definitely uh um you know definitely one of the um forefathers without making him sound old he's definitely one of the forefathers of of night shooting um and i'd Agreed. say the, i would say the same thing about ben canales you know because he's been around for he's he's okay. seriously one of the forefathers and he's a young guy <laughs> yeah. but uh but yeah, no, I say, I, those are man that's so funny like those are probably the two people that i would single out as being those two and david kingham i would say those are the three people that i would say 
gave me the most inspiration to get into night photography as well. Right, right. Dave Morrow as well. He does a bunch of good work. Um, but I would add to that list um, Paul Ziska out of uh, Absolutely, out of man. Canada. Paul Ziska is awesome. He's fantastic, and he's got a great accent, so he would be fantastic to have on the air. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul Wilson in uh, New Zealand, Mark G in New Zealand, um, you know, Guy, Guy Tall, um, Joshua Cripps, you know, there there's so many guys that, that I could name. Um, but honestly, just to be uh, local, I would love to hear from um, Aaron Priest and Garrett Evans, two, two of my best friends. I shoot with those guys all the time. I'm really good friends with them. Um, and... You know, Garrett does a lot of the same kind of stuff that I do, um, yep. but he's a brilliant guy who who always, every single time I go out and shoot with him, he, he inspires me because he always sees something that I don't. Um, and obviously Aaron Priest, because he is probably one of the most technical, technical guys say, you'll ever meet in your... He, he's got to be the nerdiest night photographer he, on he, earth. He is, and that's and that's why us local guys up here call him the mad scientist. Um, but <laughs> he's he's he has you know the 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 180 panor uh, the three sorry 360 panoramas that he does and the you know all of the time lapse stuff that he does. He's just a super super technical nerd when it comes to all that kind of stuff. But uh, and much like Garrett, he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life. He, Absolutely. He, he doesn't have a bad thing to say about anyone. Um, and he's all, he always wants to talk about gear and how to use it to the, you know, the, the, the best, um, the, the best way you can use your gear, all that kind of stuff. He, he just put out that big spreadsheet on. I know, his, it was on Pedapixel. Bas- yeah, basically saying, you know, get rid of the 500 rule. This is what you should be paying attention to. I mean, the, and, and, and that guy doesn't, you know, it's not like he creates that stuff and then sells it. He creates it and he gives it out to the world and says, I hope that this makes you, you know, better at, at shooting. I mean, right. that's, that's inspirational. I remember he had that shot, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, where it was like, I don't even know how to describe this thing. It was like a spiral, like, vortex thing he created. Yep. And it was, I think it was on the cover of Nikon magazine or something. And, like, I remember asking him, I was like, Aaron, how the fuck did you do that? Right. And he was like, well, <laughs> let me tell you. Right, right. And like, it was just like, every other time I've asked him a question, I was like, I have no idea what you just said, dude. Right. But yeah, that sounds awesome. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, goes goes is, right goes right over your head. He is so smart. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And 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 a, like I said, super nice guy. Both both he and Garrett. Um, I've I've taught workshops with both of those guys, and you know, there's when 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 you have a, a great rapport with people like those guys do. Uh, I I I just I just like going and, and shooting with those guys because they're just. They're such good guys, you know what I mean? There's yeah. there's, no, there's no ego, there's no attitude. It's all about, hey, do you want to borrow this lens or, you know, I mean, it's just it's just great to to hang out with guys like that. And that's part of the part of um, you know, the collaboration thing. Yeah. F stop collaborate with people that you like and listen. <laughs> oh, don't make me change the name of the podcast. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. It's it's um, good as it is. Yeah, I 
Man, like those are probably you, you, Garrett, and Aaron are probably three of the people I'd love to shoot with just because I feel like you guys would probably teach me the most stuff in terms of like things that I've never thought about. Like that's what's the one of the funnest things about going out with other people, even if absolutely like, like you just learn so much from each other, like that you just never thought of yourself or um, one of my one of my good buddies that I sh- I've shot with a few times um, is Kane Engelbert. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I know uh, he's I know he's on the list too. He's on the list actually. Yep. He was the very first person I reached out to and he's like, "I don't know, man." Like but uh I'm going out with him again in May. Excellent. Him, him and um David Thompson uh and uh Bob Miller and uh, Paul Rojas, we're going to go shoot in uh in uh Hunts Mesa, which Sweet. is over yeah, like in Monument Valley, I guess. Right. I just feel super honored to even have been invited because I'm like, right, right. I looked at photos of that place and I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> right. <laughs> How much right. time do I need to take off of work? Yes, I'm there. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, every time I've gone out with Kane uh, and just watched him shoot, it's like I just pick up on little things that I never would have done myself. Right, right. It's and that's crazy. It's, and, and it's awesome. I, I, I love going out and shooting with with people who are super creative because they will show you things that you never would have even thought of. Right. Um, and, and that's why I have to, to recommend Garrett and Aaron so much, just because every time I go out with those guys, like, like literally every time I go out with those guys, they, <laughs> they will, they will look at a scene in, in a way that I didn't even think of. And they'll snap a couple shots and say, you know, and then walk over and say, Hey, what do you think of this? And I'll be like, Holy shit. That's fucking awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, Mike, dude, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I have to go hang a 40 by 60.